If I told you, hey, the sky's blue, you would normally say, yeah, the sky's blue. The sky's always been blue. At Amazon, however, if you say that the sky's blue, others will ask you, why is the sky blue? Then you should respond with, the sky's blue because the molecules in the air scatter the blue spectrum of the sunlight more than they scatter the red spectrum. Then you will hear another question, why is that? And you would have to respond with, because the blue spectrum of the light travels in shorter wavelengths. Then, you guessed it, a third follow-up question is going to be, why does it travel in shorter wavelengths? On and on and on, until you reach down to the atomic level of why things are the way they are. I'm Nick Dimitrov. Welcome. You are listening to episode four of the Amazon Bound podcast. In this episode, we will continue to prepare you to interview well with Amazon. In our last podcast, we talked about Amazon's business. In this current episode, we will talk about Amazon's culture. I'm excited to get going, but before I say another word, I should first announce the quiz winners from our last episode. We received 23, believe it or not, correct responses to the Amazon business quiz. These responses came from a total of six countries, including awesome places like Poland and India, among others. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time to respond. We really appreciate it. Since we only had five free lifetime access passes to the essential course to prepare for the Amazon interview... To give out, we chose the first five from the 23 total correct responses we received. And here are the lucky winners in no particular order. Winner number one is James from Palo Alto, California. Winner number two is Josh from Needham, Massachusetts. Winner number three is Clara, also from Needham, Massachusetts. I I guess we're big in Needham. Uh, Winner number four is Nagarajan, I hope I didn't mispronounce your name, from Calgary, Canada. And winner number five is Adam from Seattle, Washington. To these five winners, James, Clara, Josh, Nagarajan, and Adam, you guys should have received an email from us with the access credentials to the course already. Congratulations! Yay! (laughs) So, that's the story with our first quiz. Moving on. Our second brand new quiz will open at the end of this episode. The award for the second quiz will be the ebook Nine Proven Do's and Don'ts for the Amazon Interview. That's an ebook guide which covers nine tactical recommendations of what to do and what not to do when you interview with Amazon. Okay, with these housekeeping items out of the way, now let's jump into the heart of things. In the previous episode, we discussed Amazon's business, and in this current episode, we'll talk about Amazon's culture. The purpose of this episode, similarly to the previous one, is to continue to give you contextual know-how about Amazon, which later on you will use to build your personal portfolio of behavioral accomplishments. In this episode, we will cover seven different topics dedicated to Amazon's culture. Topic one 
is Amazon's day one concept. Two is Amazon's 14 leadership principles. Three is a general overview of Amazon's culture. Four is Amazon's org structure. Five is Amazon's unique communication style. Six is Amazon's reliance on data. And last seven is our second quiz. Let's get going. Starting with topic one, Amazon's day one concept. It is always day one. Before we start talking about Amazon's culture in any capacity whatsoever, it is useful to explain what Amazon means when it says day one. Day one is such an integral part of the culture there that it bears spending time with. Day one means that even though Amazon has achieved so much in their life as a company so far, it's still day one on the internet. The potential of what is to come online still far exceeds the accomplishments that Amazon, or any other company for that matter, has recognized so far. In one of the recent Amazon all-hands meetings with employees, someone asked Jeff Bezos, an Amazon employee asked Jeff Bezos, Jeff, what happens when day one ends? What does day two look like? And the way Bezos answered this employee and later posted the answer in Amazon's shareholder letter from that year was very foundational. Here is Bezos's verbatim response. Day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating, painful decline, followed by death, and that is why it's always day one. That is how Amazon thinks. It's always day one. It's not okay to sit on your laurels. It's not okay to be complacent. It's not okay to think that you could relax since the beginning is now behind us and you're in this steady state mode of execution. Relaxing and losing that hunger and losing that drive means that day two has come about and that also means the end of Amazon's culture as we know it. Even more importantly, in addition to defining what day one looks like versus day two, Bezos also defined what are the four methods which Amazon uses to ensure it is always day one, ensure that the company always stays in a day one mode. The first method is to stay focused on customers. As I mentioned earlier in one of our previous episodes, other companies are motivated by focusing on competitors or focusing on technology. Amazon always stays focused on customers. That is the very foundation and essence of who Amazon is. The second method is to focus on results, not process. Obviously, you need process. Obviously, you cannot generate 200 plus billion dollars in annual revenues based on good intentions alone. Process is needed, but it should never happen at the expense of results. It's never going to be the case of, we do things this way because we've always done them that way. Process at Amazon is there to service the achievement of results, not the other way around. Look outside the company is the third mechanism Amazon uses to ensure it's always day one. It's very important to be aware of the external reality that the company lives in. An example here is Amazon's invention of Amazon Echo and the Alexa voice technology. 
In 2014, when Amazon launched the Fire Phone, Alexa and Echo did not exist. Fire Phone was a failure by any stretch. However, Fire Phone included as a feature the very first iteration of the Alexa tech. And later, Fire Phone also gave rise to the Amazon Echo line of products. Because again, Amazon course corrected based on what their customers told them they wanted to do. Customers clearly didn't care about a 3D rendering phone with four corner cameras. Customers, however, wanted an easier user interface of communicating with the devices around them. And that's how looking outside the company enabled Amazon to turn a failure, which was Fire Phone, into a success like Alexa, which has now become one of their core flywheel businesses. And last but not least, the fourth and maybe the most important mechanism to ensure it's always day one at Amazon is to make quality decisions quickly. There's a number of great companies out there that make very quality decisions, but it takes them too long. Amazon is always going to make decisions in the fastest way possible. Amazon calls these decisions both high-quality and high-velocity decisions. High-quality alone is just not going to cut it. You need the high-velocity factor as well to pair with the high-quality. Okay, this concludes topic one, Amazon's day one concept. Let's move on to topic two, Amazon's 14 leadership principles. The leadership principles are the heart and soul of Amazon. A lot has been written about these principles, so I'm not going to spend too long on them here. If you are, however, to learn and memorize one thing and one thing only about Amazon, it's these 14 leadership principles. They are publicly listed on Amazon's website and define everything that happens at the company. They define how Amazon hires talent. They define how Amazon promotes its people. They define what projects Amazon invests in and also everything in between. Literally, I strongly encourage you to learn to memorize those 14 leadership principles if you are applying for a job. The first principle at the top of the list of the 14 principles is customer obsession. Deliver results is at the bottom of the list. And together with customer obsession, the two serve as bookmarks of all the other principles, which are just as important, but customer obsession and deliver results really are at the very heart of Amazon's existence. Very quickly, I'm going to run through the 14 principles to just let you hear them. And again, I encourage you to spend time studying them if you want to apply for a job at Amazon. Customer obsession is the first principle. Then it's ownership. Invent and simplify. Write a lot. Learn and be curious. Hire and develop the best. Insist on high standards. Think big. Bias for action. Frugality. Earn trust. Dive deep. Have backbone. And finally, deliver results. When Amazon hires you and you start your first day there, it almost feels like a prank when you walk down the hallways and you hear people talk. They use exactly these leadership principles in discussing product decisions and everything else. And unlike a lot of other companies where mission statements and slogans are plastered on the walls or put on a website and nobody knows them, 
let alone follows them. At Amazon, it is exactly the opposite. The leadership principles are the foundation of the Amazon culture. The microcultures of the company tend to vary from one team to another, but what doesn't vary is the utmost reliance on Amazon's leadership principles in anything that Amazon does. And you'll have to prepare for your behavioral Amazon interview very heavily with these principles in mind. And you really should distill the leadership principles into your own professional accomplishments to date. All right, this precludes topic two, Amazon's leadership principles. Let's move on to topic three, an overview of Amazon's culture. It's hard to try to synthesize Amazon's culture in a few minutes, but I'll attempt to outline some key concepts for you. Amazon is focused on output, not input. At Amazon, nobody cares how hard you work. Nobody cares how late you stay. Everybody cares about your results. It's about the results, not about optics. It's not about if you wait to leave your desk only after your boss has left for the day. It's not about if you send emails late at night. None of that is uh, that important. What matters is the volume and significance of your output. If your output is more significant than, say, my output, then you are going to get higher rewards and more stock than I would. It's that simple. The best Amazonians deliver both short-term and long-term output. Short-term output means quick wins, something you accomplish in a very short amount of time, get that quick win, make the quick iteration, move forward. Long-term output, on the other hand, is output which helps innovate on behalf of customers over the long run. And by long run, I mean years, over multiple quarters. The most successful Amazonians are good at both. Both short-term output and long-term output are equally important. The final nuance of output is that you deliver output in a very self-service and very scrappy way. In this example I gave you in one of the early episodes when I was presenting a proposed game strategy to Jeff Bezos, I did not have the luxury of using consultants for that presentation. I did not have the luxury of using a Wall Street Journal subscription or any of those other secondhand research proxies that large companies like to use. Instead, it was up to me to become a subject matter expert in what I did. I could use any of my prior knowledge. I could use any of Amazon's data. I could use any of the learnings that I've collected from prior companies as long as I wasn't disclosing anything confidential, and as long as I backed my learnings with data. I could also use any number of other services I could think of. It was up to me and my ingenuity and my entrepreneurial spirit to become credible and to learn my craft. And not just to become credible as a regular subject matter expert would, but to understand and own the work so deeply that I could go to Amazon's CEO himself and convince him that my way was the right approach. At Amazon, you are not limited to just presenting a number of recommendations to your senior leadership. In Amazon's culture, you own the decision. You are empowered not just to present the options, but to push hard for the recommendation you believe is the best. You have to, of course, illustrate your work, and you must use data. 
You're going to have to be specific. You're going to have to be unbiased. You're going to have to demonstrate why this is an important problem to solve. You're going to have to present all options you've considered and then push for the best one in your view. Why is that option the best? What are the resources you need to accomplish the option? And then after all of that, you look at that leader straight in the eye and ask them, let's go. Do you have any questions? Is anything unclear? Do you have any edits that you'd like to make? If you don't, let's go. You see, it's very different. It's a very different culture from a lot of other places where you would just present options and then defer the decision-making process to someone else. One last thing about Amazon's culture I should talk about is that Amazon has a very dog-friendly culture. (laughs) If you want to work for Amazon and you don't like dogs, you're out of luck. There are a lot of dogs there. If you have a dog, everyone would encourage you to bring your dog to work. If you don't have a dog, tough luck. You'll start liking dogs. (laughs) Okay, this finished topic three, an overview of Amazon's culture. Moving on to topic four, Amazon's org structure. The organizational structure at Amazon is quite flat. At the bottom of the hierarchy, you have level three and level four employees. The abbreviation is L3 and L4. Those are entry-level folks. Those are workers in fulfillment centers, admins, so on and so forth. Above them are the L5 employees. Those are individual contributors or managers of entry-level employees. The L6 employees come next. Those are senior-level individual contributors or managers of more senior people. It's important to mention that L5 and L6 are the two levels in the organization which represent Amazon's executional muscle. The L5s and L6s are the employees who make things happen and move the company forward. Above them are the L7 employees. They're principals or senior managers of even more senior people. I was a principal during my Amazon career. The L8 employees come next. They are directors. Again, even more senior folks who are managing entire businesses. L8s at Amazon are equivalent to GM or VP title at almost any other company. There's also an interesting nuance to mention here. Amazon is good at two things and bad at two other things. The two things Amazon is good at are one... Amazon is great at giving you awesome work that is challenging and fun, and that's going to grow you. And two, Amazon is great at rewarding its employees with stock grants if you deliver good output. The two things that Amazon is bad at are, one, titles. As you can see, the titles at the company are not very flashy. And two, Amazon is generally not good at promotions. Promotions are hard to come by because there are not very many levels to promote people across. Speaking of hard promotions to come by, the next level after the level 8 director level is level 10. That's the VP level. That's where the truly senior Amazon leaders are. People who run large internal organizations and business units. And the interesting point, which you might have noticed already, is that a promotion from a level 8 to a level 10 requires a double jump. 
There is no level 9 at Amazon. Jumping from a level 8 to a level 10 requires a double promotion because the difference in responsibilities is that significant. And finally, at the top of the Amazon organization are the level 11s, Amazon's senior VPs and CEOs. There are roughly 20 L11 individuals in total across the entire company. And then really, really finally, (laughs) Jeff Bezos is level 12 all by himself at the very top. So to summarize Amazon's org structure, it's important to understand how little distance there is between the L5 and L6 employees who are the executional muscle of Amazon and the L8, L10 employees who are really the strategic leaders defining the strategy, and who move the company forward. Of course, the L11s and the 1L12 are at the very top, but that's a very small group of people, like I said, about 20 or some uh, individuals who determine the very long-term strategy and direction for the company. Okay, this finished topic four, Amazon's organizational structure. Moving on to topic five, Amazon's unique communication style. At Amazon, when you want to convince anyone of anything, you write a narrative. A narrative is an up to six pages long essay. In meetings, people spend the first few minutes in complete silence to read these narratives. PowerPoint slides are not allowed because Amazonians believe that when making an argument, Bullet points are hand-wavy and insufficient. PowerPoint is usually okay when communicating with customers or the rest of the world, but it's not okay for internal business. Words at Amazon are so powerful because they're the medium that, in Amazon's view, can adequately force the healthy conflict required to make high-quality, high-velocity decisions. Amazon encourages healthy conflict, and as such, it draws a clear distinction between what they call consensus building and truth seeking. For example, consensus building means that if I looked at the ceiling now in the room that I'm in and then asked you, hey, look at the ceiling. I think it's, say, 12 feet high. How high do you think it is? And then you responded with, nah, it looks more like 11 feet high to me. To which I would say, okay, Let's split the difference. Let's call it 11.5 feet high and be done. That's consensus building. And that is precisely what Amazon dislikes. Amazon does not reach decisions in that fashion. Instead, Amazon encourages truth-seeking. Truth-seeking means that if I said, hey, I think the ceiling is 12 feet high, for one of you to say, well, I'm not really sure, Nick, to grab a measuring stick, jump on a table actually measure the height of the ceiling, then come down and tell me, you know what, Nick, the ceiling is 11.67 feet high. And that's the truth. And you would do so not to make me look bad or to one-up me. You would do so because you're focused on the truth. And the truth should always trump consensus building. That's a very typical Amazon trait. Let me end the topic of Amazon's unique communication style with an example from one of the new high orientation sessions I facilitated. 
During the orientation, I was telling the new Amazonians how words mattered and how Amazon's mission statement of being Earth's most customer-centric company illustrated that. And I was encouraging them to challenge how things were done at Amazon. Then later in the day, I had moved on to a different topic, discussing Amazon's financials. I was talking about Amazon's worldwide revenues, and I was saying how Amazon's worldwide revenues were such and such billions, when one of the new hires interrupted me with, if the word world is not a clear enough qualifier in Amazon's mission statement, why do you use the word worldwide when you talk about Amazon's revenues instead of the word earthwide? I stopped and I turned to this new Amazon employee. Then I asked her to tell everyone what her name was and to stand so everyone could see her. Then I gave her a standing ovation. She was 100% right. And Amazon had made a really good hire. All right, this covers topic five, Amazon's unique communication style. Moving on to topic six, Amazon's reliance on data. At Amazon, data wins all wars. Amazon runs the company entirely based on data. It is the backbone of every decision Amazon makes. Diving deep to collect the data and then analyze the data is a skill that all employees are encouraged to have. It's not just the level fives and the level sixes who are diving deep to do work. It's the VPs too who dive and collect data because again, diving deep and data itself gives you the ammo to make any argument. Nobody's going to believe what you say just because you're a VP. They're going to look at your data. They're going to evaluate the facts you use to demonstrate your point. That's why data is revered at Amazon. What happens, though, you might ask, if the product that Amazon is working on is so brand new that there's not enough data? In that case, Amazon would resort to what they call anecdotes, they would go out and interview customers. Amazon would literally find out what customers think and observe their behavior about that particular product or service. And even if there is not enough data around that to turn that whole product into a fact, that whole observation into a fact, Amazon would use the available anecdotes they collect, build an action plan based on these anecdotes, run a bunch of A-B tests, iterate and move fast, and they would collect those facts in the process. Sometimes this excessive reliance on data could become tiring. You're right. If you guessed it, you're right. It could become tiring because once and again, it's kind of convenient to have a common sense foundation that most people would agree with you on. For instance, if I told you, hey, the sky's blue, You'd normally respond with, yeah, the sky's blue, that makes sense, the sky's always been blue. At Amazon, however, if you assert that the sky's blue, others will ask you, why is the sky blue? And your reply should be, the sky's blue, because the molecules in the air scatter the blue spectrum of the sunlight more than they scatter the red spectrum of the sunlight. Then the Amazonians would ask you again, why is that? And you would have to respond with, well, because the blue spectrum of the sunlight travels in shorter wavelengths. Then, you guessed it, a new follow-up question is going to be, well, why does it travel in shorter wavelengths? On and on until Amazon drills down 
and reaches at the very atomic components of why things are the way they are. And then, if you connect the dots further, Amazon drills down until they understand super deeply what would please the customer and what would delight the customer. Okay, this covers topic six, Amazon's reliance on data. Let's move on to our final topic, topic seven, the Amazon culture quiz. We've published the full quiz on our website, amazonbound.today forward slash podcast. Go check it out and please email us your responses to hello at amazonbound.today. As usual, I'm not going to read the full quiz on the podcast, but I will give you the first question here. The first question is, what is one of the four methods which Amazon uses to keep its culture in a day one mode? Question mark. The quiz has a total of five questions. If you'd like, go to the website to find out what the questions are, email us with your responses, and then at the beginning of our next episode, we will award the first five of you who emailed us with correct answers with a free copy of the ebook, Nine Proven Do's and Don'ts for the Amazon Interview, which is a $50 value for you guys, completely for free. We look forward to receiving your responses. All right, this covers topic seven, the Amazon Culture Quiz. And this also wraps up this episode of our podcast. As always, I hope this has been fun for you. I'm Nick Dimitrov, your host. Thanks for listening. I'd like to wish every one of you very happy holidays and very happy new year. We'll release our next episode in early January 2019. In the interim, subscribe to our podcast, please, and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. See you soon.